Morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre. Presented by Abe's Door Service. With 24-7 emergency service where you speak to an actual person. Visit abesdoor.ca. Coming up on 637 here on your Thursday morning edition of the all-new This Morning. I do have to say I love the commentary on uh, on the bridge <laughs> when I was mentioning it. Well, I did see that. <laughs> you know, that's informed commentary on talk radio. She mentions bridge and I go, <laughs> informed commentary all through the morning. Right here on 630 yeah, Chet. You betcha. Well, let's get into some more informed commentary. <laughs> Truly informed con- yes. Yeah, good conversation. Uh, we're talking about, and we've been talking about this uh, on and off for about a year. It was mm-hmm. a big discussion about 10 years ago, and it was body-worn cameras with the Edmonton Police Service. Now, they did try this back in 2011 and 2014. They found uh, that technology at the time wasn't as great, and there were some big concerns about uh, the cost of the storage mm-hmm. uh, capability and what that was going to look like. So it was hit on pause, but you'll remember not too long ago, the province said, hey, guess what? Yeah, we're You're going to have to do this. And so technology has changed. So it should be easier. It should be more cost effective. Mm -hmm. And the question is whether or not it will be effective as both a uh, transparency tool Mm -hmm. and perhaps a policing tool, perhaps in the courts. It might make things a little bit better. Having a conversation this morning with uh, Superintendent Derek McIntyre, who uh, heads up the EPS Crime Suppression and Investigations Division. Derek, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well, Daryl. How are you today? Uh, you we're doing we're doing pretty well, thank you. Uh, is this you're you're launching this a little earlier than what the provincial mandate had uh, requested? Is that true? That is true. The, the provincial steering committee is just in the early discussions about what this mandate is going to look like province wide. So that doesn't stop Chief McPhee from wanting to be a pioneer ever. So we are launching our trial on Monday, and we're going to run it for six months. And we've got about 35 officers that are going to be here in our trial group. Derek, lots of questions for you on 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 this one today. So we mentioned that um, this was done trial run back 2011, 2014. Um, there's you know all sorts of other uh, police organizations in Alberta and across the country that have body worn cameras in place right now. So why? the change now why the move to do it is it simply because of the provincial mandate it's certainly the biggest motivator uh, to do it right now Jalen we as a police organization we've been looking at in-car video and body-worn cameras for the last few years even had a service package go to city council to have one of those two technologies funded in working together with the police commission and the one that we advanced at the time was for in-car video knowing that at some point in time that that solution would need to scale to body-worn cameras Uh, and then the province came in and put down the mandate in relation to all police services across the province needing to get there they haven't determined what the the drop-dead implementation date is for police services and one of the big questions that are still outstanding and on a lot of in a lot of rooms and boardrooms right now is who's going to foot the cost for this provincially in relation to the the technology, the data management, the human resources in order to manage all that data. So those are some of the things that are still being determined at the provincial level. Uh, so what does what does this trial intend to learn? I mean, we're not reinventing the wheel. There are police forces around the world that have used body worn cameras, had the cameras in the vehicles. The technology should be you know well scoped out. Uh, So what are you trying to learn in doing this trial? What we're trying to learn as an organization is which body-worn camera 
vendor and solution is best for the Edmonton Police Service and for our citizens. So we're, we're trialing one vendor who was kind enough to, to step up and, and loan us the technology. Um, and the technology has improved vastly since the last time we, we ran a proof of concept with body-worn uh, cameras. The, the battery life is much better. Data management is probably one of the greatest revolutions that they've had. That used to be everything had to be stored on a server in a, within your building, and now everything is in, in a cloud-based solution, which makes our biggest responsibility, which is taking that unedited video and disclosing it or giving it to the Crown Prosecutor's Office whenever a charge is laid, and then they disclose that to defense. That is all done digitally now. It's all done using web links and uh, through a cloud service, and we're not transferring them you know, thumb drives or DVDs or anything like that, that can become really clumsy and cumbersome. So it is much more efficient. But really what we're trying to prove is what's the right solution for Edmonton as far as data management and which technology we're gonna go with. So that's really what we're trying. We are planning to do not just this one vendor, our other vendors are going to be in, involved in this. And then when this goes to RFP in the future, uh, then we'll have a really a better assessment of what technology works best for us. Superintendent Derek McIntyre is the head of the EPS Crime Suppression and Investigations Division. We're talking about body-worn cameras, uh, the new program that is being uh, trial run here starting on July 10th. Derek, how was it chosen um, which police officers, which sections are going to be wearing these cameras during this trial? It was very intentional, Jalen, is we have in, in the downtown area and on transit, we have teams that have a multi multitude of interactions in really complex environments. We, we are policing in an environment like we've never had to police in before in Edmonton. And there's a lot of complexities and a lot of sensitivities around how are vulnerable populations policed, how are they supported by the police. So, so those are the areas that we're doing this trial in. It's kind of this New York, New York kind of sensation. If we can succeed with body-worn cameras in this environment, I think we will be able to roll it out to our patrol members and to the rest of the organization successfully. So if we can make it here, we can make it anywhere. <laughs> and that's why we're using our, our Healthy Streets Operations Center community safety teams, our transit community safety teams, and our high-risk encampment teams, because there has been a, a desire for increased transparency of how we police these spaces. And I'm excited for it. Because I think what a lot of people don't understand is the level of compassion and the level of empathy and the level of support that our police members do offer our vulnerable populations and how they do try to network people to better solutions. And I think that once we get into this body-worn business, we'll be able to demonstrate that a lot more publicly. But And I know that some people will go, well, depending on, on what is released to the public. So, you know, and that, so there becomes a number of transparency questions about does this trial include how you use it? Can you turn the cameras off and on? Should you be able to turn the cameras off and on? And then what actually gets released to the public? Is it is it is it cherry picked to, to make you know one side look better than the other? That kind of thing. Are those those kinds of transparency issues going to be dealt with during this trial? They are, and so we've created a policy that we worked with Calgary very closely. Uh, we use their policy as a framework for our policy because Calgary's been down this road a few times and they've iterated their policy to something where it's a really strong starting point for us. The transparency issues are something that everyone is talking about, privacy issues, something everyone's talking about. And we are we have an opportunity in order to if there's ever a criminal charge, that that video gets uploaded at the end of, of that member shift. Here's a really important nuance to it. 
The members are directed, it's within our policy, they have to write their report and complete their notes before they ever get to view the video. So they do the paperwork first. They do what their account of it was first. The video is uploaded. That gets disclosed along with all the charges and all the other evidence. That gets disclosed to the Crown Prosecutor's Office in its entirety. Our, our members that do the uploading, they don't have the capability to edit or alter the video at all. It gets disclosed in its entirety. That video then gets disclosed to the person who's charged. So they have, a, they have access to that video as well. And there's a few things that we think that this will help with. It's, it's better evidence in order to what is the police officer's digital account of what occurred. But then people can make decisions about how, how much and how long they want to pro progress a, a justice system movement. And whether that's in the criminal justice system or that's within our own discipline system, we're really looking at body-worn camera footage and the audio to help abridge some of those processes. So we get a unaltered account of what happened at the time, and then some decisions can be made around should this investigation continue, should this prosecu prosecution continue, or if there's an alleged misconduct, is there something at the front door we can do to say the video account of what occurred convinces us one way or the other this officer did not conduct a misconduct or we want to continue with some level of investigation. Derek, uh, a couple more questions for you, but we need to take a quick pause. Can you hold the line? We want to ask you about uh, the ability about turning that camera on, turning it off, that sort of thing. There's a number of concerns being raised about that. Can you hold on just a second? Okay. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Superintendent Derek McIntyre joining us from the EPS. We'll be back with more questions for him on body-worn cameras after this. service where service is their specialty proud sponsor of this morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre at 6.48 on this Thursday morning. We're talking with Superintendent Derek McIntyre from uh, the EPS Crime Suppression and Investigations Division this morning, talking about this uh, new body cam program, the trial that uh, the EPS is rolling out here in four days. So lots of information um, in the last segment. One of the things, Derek, that we wanted to ask you about was the ability of being able, of an officer being able to turn on and off that camera because there's some folks and a lot of folks are saying that as long as there's the ability to turn the camera off that really that um that it could be ineffective or that um you know you're that a police officer would be able to control what is being recorded or not and there's a lot of concerns about that um what do you say uh, on that front well i i say it's a legitimate concern but it's a concern that comes from one perspective there's a lot of different concerns that we have to um, balance in relation to using this tool and, and it, it is a tool it's it's a great investigative tool it's a great transparency tool we within our policy framework we have guidelines in relation to when the camera needs to be activated and when there is an interaction with a person uh, the camera is within our policy needs to be activated if someone has an interaction with an EPS member and they believe that the camera should have been activated and it wasn't, and they do choose to take the path of complaining about that, we will certainly look into the video footage. We will certainly look into that, you know, have a conversation with, uh, with the officer about why. When I say that's one perspective, there are many other perspectives. 
a perspective of a survivor of sexual violence. Is it appropriate that that person should be video and audio recorded at the moment that they're disclosing to the police what happened to them? If it's a child protection investigation, should children be you know, video and audio recorded at their moments of disclosure? There are other perspectives where people are like, yeah, you're right, it should be turned off. And those are some of the, those are some of the fluidities and some of the considerations our members have to make when using this tool is when it is appropriate in order to turn it off. Our policy framework is quite clear. If you are investigating something or you are engaging with someone and collecting their, their personal information for whatever reason, the camera's supposed to be on. And if it's not on, then there will be an opportunity to, then the question will be, please explain why it wasn't on. But there are other situations where we really do have to cater to the needs of the person in front of us. And in those situations, there is the latitude and the decision-making for the members to disengage that camera because it doesn't serve the purpose that it was ultimately created to, to serve. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose, I guess you can always protect that privacy issue, you know, after the fact. All of this stuff is going to be protected and only be rarely probably released to the public, and it would only be usually through the court system. So is not the privacy sort of protected regardless? It is, and every everything in relation to our policy framework, and don't forget, this is coming from, from, the, from the province. So the province is really having oversight over how this is going to run okay. provincially. But everything that we've done in, in our policy framework to date, which is an iterative process, is all aligned with the Freedom of Information Protection and Privacy Act. It's all aligned with the Health Information Act. And we do, we do ask our police members to make a lot of really important decisions every day in a lot of dynamic situations. And the activation or deactivation in the, of the camera is certainly going to be an additional one. But we do have a really strong policy in place that we are continuing to monitor. And as the trial goes on, it will iterate. And then when we do get to a position of we are looking at full organizational rollout, we have the right guidance and the direction from the province, we are very open as a police service to making that policy of ours public. Okay. So that everyone sees what the guidelines are, everyone sees what the what the decisions that our members have to make are, and what guidance they're given to make them. Superintendent McIntyre, sure appreciate your time this morning. We can uh, you can bet that a lot of people will be following this very closely. Thanks for this. Appreciate it. Leave that. Yep. Take care, Superintendent Derek. Right. Superintendent Derek McIntyre from the Edmonton Police Service this morning. It's six fifty-three. You're listening to this morning with Jalen Nye and Daryl McIntyre on six thirty. Chad. Ever buy something put in the pantry and it was lost forever? Well, you can say goodbye to lost groceries thanks to Reface Magic. The Reface Magic team can redesign your pantry with rotating and modular shelves to help you access your full pantry. No more searching for those lost items. Discover the many ways. Reface can transform your space with free in-home consultation. Family owned and operated for over 20 years. Visit refacemagic.ca.